destiny. That's, excuse my language, but that's like, I believe we create our own destiny. Welcome to the Dean Graziosi Show. I'm so excited you're here because this is a really special video. In fact, it's a three-part series we're calling the Fireside Chat, where I sat down with three of my team members, my high-level team members, and talked about them being underdogs, their disadvantages, how they didn't have the support, the money, the income, the education, but how did they rise to the top of their career? Because they used their disadvantages as their superpower. And this is to celebrate this week. My brand new book has launched, The Underdog Advantage, my first book in three years. I'm so excited. And because of that, we sat down and did this fireside chat, and I think it's absolutely something you need to see. If you're ready to go to another level of life, you want more, you want to stair-step your career all the way to the top, you want to start that, turn that idea into a business, you want to scale the business you already have, but maybe you don't have the money, the resources, the support, then you're going to want to watch every second of this three-part series. And at the end, you'll learn how you can get a copy of my brand new book, The Underdog Advantage, the hardcover for free. Yes, for free. Because so many questions came in about momentum, right? If you have the underdog mindset, okay, either I'm an underdog and I'm going to shift it, or I'm not an underdog, but I want the underdog mindset. Got it. We talked about that in the first video. Second video talking about a, a lot of like, how do I start? I got an idea. I don't really have money. Uh, I, I don't have anybody supporting me. How do I make it happen? I think we did a really good job of having that conversation. The third biggest part of the questions came in is, all right, I'm kind of doing my own thing, or I'm in a job that I like, but I want to scale it. I want to, I want to get that advance. I want to get more money in my job or, or go to the top, or I want to scale this idea I have. I don't want to create another job. One thing that so many people do, I see as entrepreneurs, they quit a job, start their own thing, but they don't have the right techniques to scale, so they just create themselves another job. So they left a $100,000 a year job to start their own business, they make 60 grand a year and they work twice as much, but they're self-employed. We don't want that. If you're gonna start your own thing and you wanna be able to have the ability to scale it, and I believe as underdogs, we have these limiting beliefs, and I saw so many of the questions come in, so I'd love to hear any feedback that you guys or thought you have, or even the questions that you saw that came in. Uh, so Jason asks, how do I compete against other competitors who have more money um, than I can to actually reinvest in my business? Love it. So here, I'm, I'm going to turn to this little book here. The magic book. I'm going to turn to the magic book. First off, I talked about it in the last training was being relentlessly resourceful. So many people think they need money to scale. And what is the one thing that solves problems? What solves problems in a company? Communication. What else solves? Time what management. solves problems more than anything? Right people. Money. I was just, yeah, money. <laughs> money solves problems. I was, I was at Vern Harnish's uh, event. Uh, Vern owns a company called Gazelle uh, with Success Magazine, and it was all entrepreneurs, all doing uh, over a million dollars a year in profit, all big companies, audience was full, and everybody was getting up saying some really smart stuff. Everybody in that room was way smarter than me. And they were talking about SOPs and KPIs and different CRMs and processes and how to get uh, uh, hiring new people and all this great technology. And not one person I felt was being real and raw. And I just got up and I'm like, guys, everybody here has been smarter than me, but you guys are talking about doubling your sales and how to do the CRM and, and how do you ad adapt in today's shifting culture and how do you become future-proof, all good stuff. But can I just ask all you guys smarter than me one question? Who in here could solve all those problems if you had more money? And everybody's like, I'm like, who could solve that problem if you had more sales? Everybody raised their hand and I got this like crazy applaud. Like I was the first guy to just come out and say it. More money solves problems. You, you need more customer service? More money allows you to hire more customer service, right? 
whatever department, you need a CRM that costs a half a million bucks in your growing company, more sales would pay for that CRM, so stop trying to stress it. So I said that and everybody just softened up and they were like, all right, give it to us, Dean. And I said, what most people don't do when you go to grow your company is you think, just like the question, was Jason? You think, if I had more money, I could put it into advertising or hire more people. A lot of times, if you go out and raise the money, then you have to serve someone else. One of the things I always thought in growing my companies, I never want to answer to anybody else. I love this. I think we have an amazing team we all share. But could you imagine if we had a, a, a board of directors that came and said, no, we don't want you to do that 2.0 version. It's not time. We want you to go slower. Oh, two launches in one month. No, you can't do that. Like, I always have this fear. Like, my biggest fear, I don't know about you guys, my biggest fear is that I have to play by someone else's rules. I don't like rules. I didn't like rules in school. I didn't like, I didn't like a teacher driving a Ford Escort that was beat up telling me how I'm going to make money. Like, so when I grow up, I can be you and drive a shitty car like that. Like, that's the things I thought about as a kid. I hate rules. So to me, if I borrow money or I raise money, I give away part of my company, I have to go by someone else's rules. That's just not, not going to happen. So think about that. Whatever inspiration you need not to use other people's money, I believe is true. So I have a chapter in here that says underdogs turn desperation into persuasion. Now, if, you, if money solves problems, can we agree if you have a problem and you can cut a check for that problem, does the problem go away? Absolutely. Okay. So how do we get more checks? The only way to get more checks is to sell. That's it. How do you sell more? Is you have to persuade people to take action. Here's what I know about underdogs that started with nothing, like every successful person you think of, from a Richard Branson billionaire to a John Paul DeGiorgio who started Paul Mitchell and, and, and Patron Tequila starting with nothing. He was a, selling encyclop encyclopedias um, and had nothing, was living in his car. <clears throat> how did he do it? He, f he turned his desperation. How did Richard Branson do it? Turned his desperation. How did I do it? I turned my desperation into persuasion. So if right now you want to scale your business, stop thinking about the competition with money and start thinking about how you can become a more authentic version of yourself. How can you do the other part of this book, excuse my voice is going, the other chapter where I said underdogs self-educate. And I want to talk about that with you guys. But self-education means how do you gain specialized knowledge from someone who knows how to persuade at the next level. How do you take this desperation to grow your company and create a marketing or a sales department, or even if it's you, if you're a solopreneur, how do you go to another level of sales? How do you get more people to say yes, to cut you checks? Because when those checks come in, you have the ability to control that money and advance your departments. The biggest thing that people lack in companies that want to grow is they, they lose their focus. Meaning, I watch underdogs fight and hungry to start the business. And then when they go to scale, they start thinking of personal assistants and a CFO and an accountant and a CRM and maybe build a software and maybe we need to get a bigger business and should we go with the gray logo or the brown logo? Or should, we, should we get our Instagram account run or maybe we should spend money on Facebook or what, we should do YouTube videos. Oh, maybe LinkedIn is where we wanna go. And all of a sudden, all these distractions and, and, and it's all part of growing a business, but if you know me, we're, we're a sales-focused company. It's the only way we get to impact people's lives, right? You get all these distractions, and guess what's neglected? And, and Jason, I bet this is being neglected in your company right now. What's being neglected 
is persuasion and sales. You're building all this other stuff. It was the underdog desire that made you sell and impact and get enough sales to start the company. Now you're looking over here, you're ignoring sales and you're wondering why you don't have the money. So as un if I look at the most successful underdogs on the planet, they took that desperation and made sure persuasion and sales was front and center of their company always. Listen, look at Apple. We all, we all have an Apple product. We all have multiple Apple products. Steve Jobs is one of the best salespeople on the planet. Did you see how he would manipulate every time there was the launch of a new phone? Everybody's like, did you know the nine is coming? Oh my God, the 10, I'm gonna wait for the 11. Like, and his, his keynotes was nothing more than, than persuasion at its best for us to be hungry, rabid dogs waiting for the next version, right? But Steve, was an underdog in his own way when, when he was fired from his own company and they said he was a dreamer and it wouldn't work. When he came back, he had, well, in these chapters, Steve Jobs had the power of you can't. It's like, this guy, we'll see if he comes back. He had something to prove. He had nothing to lose because he had already been fired, right? He had so many of these. He's self-educated. He studied obsessively on self-education to get specialized knowledge. He was relentlessly resourceful, but since he didn't want to lose, he persuaded people and made Apple what it is today. So Jason, what I would say is take that passion, take that uh, desire to prove all those big companies with money wrong and persuade on another level. Generate more money for your company and create a process that you're going to double, triple in size over the next 12 months. Any other thoughts on that? Dean, I have a question because the book is just so great. Um, was there a transition in your life? Um, because underdog sometimes has that negative connotation. Was there a, a, a moment in your life where you're like, I, this, is my, this is what motivates me. This is what gets me through my days as I, as I am an underdog. It, instead of looking at it as a negative thing, it's now a positive thing. Yeah. You know, I'd love to say there was this epiphany at 18 years old and the sky parted and God shined the sun down on me. And I was like, ah! I'm an underdog and I'm happy. I have to tell you, it's glimpses every single time. It's the, the story of the good wolf and the bad wolf. Like all, both of them live inside of us, right? And, and I think I celebrated at each level. I celebrated it when I, I, right out of high school, I went to work with my dad in his collision shop and the stories in, in, the, in the book. And, um, couple years in, at least I had that. I'm going to be partners with my dad in his collision shop someday. And then all of a sudden my dad goes through a divorce, gets really upset, gives up, leaves the building, leaves town. I don't even see him. He's gone. I have to move the stuff out of his house because the bank would take it and I rent it so I could pay his mortgage. I move my, uh, I move a compressor and tools and a, and a, a wood stove into this hundred year old barn and it's the, the stove pipe leaks, it smells like smoke. I'm fixing friends' cars, asking them, hey, can I buff your car? Can I change your brakes? Let me fix that dent. I feel like a schmuck, right? I didn't go to college. They're all like my one buddies at Miami University partying, dancing on tables, and I'm freaking sanding fenders. I'm like, oh. Felt like a complete underdog. But I remember at that time, I had both voices. This is my life, this is what I'm destined for. My parents don't have money, they struggle, my dad's a mechanic, I'm gonna be a mechanic. My dad never made more than 30 grand a year, maybe I'll make 40 grand a year someday. And simultaneously, there was that voice that said, yeah, you're a damn underdog. I mean, my, my high school yearbook, my picture, under my picture, I don't know, I can't, I forgot I wrote it. I wrote, you might not hear me now, but like, I forget exactly, it's, it's literally upstairs. It was like, I, you don't hear me now, but I promise someday the world will hear me. Right. But there was that voice then that was like, I'm proud to be an underdog. White to see what I do. But I still had that voice of 
come on, stop being a dreamer. You're not that smart. You didn't go to school. You don't have money. Look at your parents. You're going to be like them. <clears throat> so I think every time, Josh, when I went from fixing cars into real estate, people told me I was nuts. The one voice said, you're an underdog. Ugh. And the other voice said, you're an underdog. Go get this shit, right? And I went after it. And then when I went from real estate and said, I want to create a course and teach other people, part of me was like, oh, dude, don't push your luck. Like, you know, you did, you did the real estate. You being a teacher, you never even read a book in your life. When I did my first course, I'd never read one book in my entire life ever, not one. So part of me was like, eh. And the other part was like, you know, it was, oh, you're an underdog. Damn, you're an underdog. So I think it happens at every level. And I love the saying, you want to make more money, solve bigger problems. You want a happier life, solve bigger problems. Bigger problems don't go away. You just solve bigger ones. So as I evolved, the underdog disadvantage felt heavier especially when I got company and we're doing tens of millions of dollars and lots more than that. And we're lots of employees. Look at our new company we're growing right now. We're over 70 employees. We're going to 150 employees. Part of me goes, are you really smart enough to do that? You didn't go to college. And even to this day, to this day, the voice is still like, you're going to screw this up. Shouldn't you just retire now? And the other voice is like, heck yeah, I'm an underdog. I want to show the world. We're going to fix the broken education system. That's a big one. Let's do that. Right? So I, I think Joshua's a really great question, but I think that happens at every level. You just gotta turn it around and go, I am an underdog, that's why I'm going to do it. Let's end one more question with you. I have one more, I just wanna run it past yeah. you first. So No, just ask it. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, so I have another question for you. So as an underdog, not just you, but you know, a lot of people in that situation, a lot of people blame it on destiny or they blame it on fate. How, do you believe in destiny? Do you believe in fate? Or how do yeah, you come around? Really, it? How do you come really around? great question. See, I love having a girl on the panel because I've never had a dude ask me that ever. Destiny. Um, f destiny. That's, excuse my language. But that's like, I believe we create our own destiny. Like, especially if, if I meet someone, some people are going to get upset that I even just said that. But I meet people that are, are um, I believe in God. I have a maker, but the way I see it in my eyes, I believe, like I said in the first part of this video, is if we were sitting with God or maker, whoever you believe your creator is at the end of our lives, I don't, God's not going to say, yes, I, I steered your life and I created your destiny. That's not what I believe. I believe God is like this amazing parent, like your parents. I believe God would sell his house and give you the money and send you off to Australia. That's what I believe in God. But I don't think there's any destiny. You could have went to school and you could have partied and drank on tables and got drunk every night and not got your degree, met the wrong guy, did the wrong things, and you could be living in Australia right now with no degree. You ruined your parents' life because they sold their house and you're in a relationship you hate. God's not going to give you that destiny. God is like your parents. I sold the house. I sacrificed everything for you. Go do it. Look what you did. Right? So that whole destiny thing, that's, for me, that's a freaking cop-out. Yes, there's some people watching right now that got handed way too much shit in their life, and I'm so sorry. Uh, way too much stuff. But I believe that's God or the universe, whatever you believe, preparing you for greatness. Like, if you think about a trampoline, and we were on it today filming on a trampoline, right? If you push a trampoline down a little bit, it bounces up a little bit. Push a trampoline down a little bit more, it bounces up higher. Push a trampoline all the way down, it'll skyrocket you through the roof. So I believe the deeper 
the, the negativity, the deeper the obstacles, the deeper your disadvantages push you down. You can either sit in that gully and go, this is destiny, this was meant for me, these things are all, or you can flip the switch and let it go and skyrocket past everybody else. And again, that, that's what I believe in destiny. This is just my opinion and I'm obviously very opinionated about this. I believe our maker gave us all the tools we need and then just steps back. And I think like a good parent, gives us everything we need and now you gotta go for it. I mean, I mean, think about that. What if you didn't graduate school and you found drinking and smoking pot was the coolest thing in the world and you did way too much of it? Not that I'm knocking anybody that does either one. I'm just saying you, uh, you did it obsessively. And then you went back to your parents after they sold their house and you went back there last year and you sat with your parents and they said, Shabana, God, we gave you all these things. What happened? And you went, you know, I thought I was going to make it too, mom and dad, but destiny just got in my way. What would your parents say to you? I'd be very disappointed. Right. So that's what I believe. Through destiny. Make your own destiny. And if you've been dealt more crap, Josh has been dealt in his own way, horrible stuff. I have. You, we all have different circumstances. You had great parents, but you also had limiting beliefs that you shifted. Like, we all have our own stuff. We all feel like an underdog at some point. I would say the way destiny is shifted is when you take all the things that happen right, wrong in your life and you craft your plan, you get self-educated, you learn from people who've already done it, you don't accept mediocrity as, as an answer, you fulfill who you're supposed to be. I think at the end of our life, we get to look in the mirror and go, I went for it. And, and I don't know about you guys, but I would much rather have tried and failed on my own way than follow someone else's life. Any last words before we go? You're awesome, your book's amazing. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I wish I would have known all this stuff a lot earlier. Yeah. I'm mad at Tanner for having parents. <laughs> so, Jeremy, tell me about how you have parents again. Yeah. That you just had limiting beliefs. I wish I just had limiting beliefs. Great. You have limiting beliefs. Yeah, I didn't have parents. Yeah. Cool. I'm right because of fire, not because of you, Josh. Yeah. I appreciate you guys being here. Thanks for taking time on a Friday night. There's a million things you could be doing. You're here. We're trying to serve. Listen, we did not plan this. We did not rehearse this. What I wanted to do is pick three people from the office that had diverse backgrounds with different limiting beliefs, different disadvantages, and how they turned it into some great things and how you can too. And now you literally have the guide to show you how to take those disadvantages and turn them around. Listen, if you're watching me and you'd love to make more money or advance your career, start the company, scale the company, just think differently, reach another level of happiness. I know there's a lot of widgets and magical money machines out there, but again, I don't know if they work. I've never seen them work. It takes a foundation to build a big house. It takes a foundation. It takes the, the core to build the success you crave. And that's what I obsess on. If you know anything about me with millionaire success habits or what I built with the knowledge business blueprint with Tony Robbins, it's all about building a core for sustainable long-term abundance in your life. I think this is the best book I've ever written and you have the opportunity to grab it right now. You can go to Amazon, pay $19.95 or go to deansbook.com. That's deansbook.com. We included some instant bonuses that will blow your mind. You gotta go see them right now. You gotta grab this book. And here's the cool part. I'm doing a special 90-minute training on what I believe is the greatest way to make impact and profit from today's shifting culture, today's shifting economy. I'm ethically bribing you because I want this book in your hands. I can't change your life unless you read this. If you got a little bit tonight, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Imagine having a whole book that can transform your life. I'm really excited about this book. Go to deansbook.com. That's deansbook.com. Grab this book and see for yourself that your disadvantages are actually your superpower waiting to be exposed. I'm Dean Graziosi, thanks for joining us. Get the book.
If you liked this podcast, make sure you rate it. And also, make sure to click subscribe so you never miss out. You can always follow us on Instagram. And if you don't already have millionaire success habits, you can grab it for free at deansfreebook.com. Remember, all success starts here.